Hello, welcome back to China Manufacturing Decoded. It's the podcast from Sophiest, and we're glad to have you along. And it's not only myself, Adrian, from the team here. I'm joined by our CEO, Renault. Hi. Hello, hi, Adrian. And also Paul Adams, who is one of our senior engineers as well. Hi, Paul. Hello there. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you. Hope、uh, you guys are okay as well, and all of the listeners. So we've just gone into March, so I guess it's spring now. So I'm looking forward to some better weather, at least.、Uh, let's keep our fingers crossed for that, right? Yes, indeed. <laughs> we'll be good. Bad time. Yeah. And, unless you're in the southern hemisphere, in which case, lucky you, and、uh, definitely jealous、uh, from up here in、uh, Europe. But <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So today's topic. It's episode one five two, by the way. Is why assembly fixtures are important for productivity and quality. So, looking into different kinds of fixtures, actually, we'll also talk a little bit about、uh, checking fixtures as well, as they are not exactly the same, and that will come on later in the podcast. So, to kick it off, let's examine what assembly fixtures are and what role they play in production, please. Basically,、uh, when we when we're talking about fixtures, you know, a lot of people、uh, sort of mix up the term jigs and fixtures. Well, we're, we're going to be focusing、mm. on fixtures today, and and this is basically a guide. Okay, so we're going to be focusing on how a fixture can benefit you, and and how they're basically used in manufacturing and an assembly line. Now, the, the definition of a fixture is basically it's a it's a device. That allows you to make a placement of a component or components accurately and correctly, and and this actually allows you to to put things together faster. It saves time from an assembly aspect because there are no errors or or issues、um, putting putting components together. So basically, this is a fixture. That allows you, or it's a guide, and it gives you guidance to put components together. Now, fixtures to、um, do testing. We'll come onto that a little bit later on. But so basically, this is what、mm. a fixture is all about. Right. Well, a lot of people, you know, who are not very familiar with production, might think, "Oh, assembly is like you have a, a Lego kit, you know, and then you." You、uh, you put it together, or maybe a IKEA chair or something like that, right?、Mm. Piece of furniture from IKEA. You have the work instructions, and you have a few tools and a few screws and whatever. Took 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 took, and、uh, and it's up, and you've done the job, right? Now, when a product is industrialized, you know, is 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 to be made on a large scale. Very 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 often,、uh, there's All kinds of little types of tooling, and you know that includes fixtures and jigs and 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 whatnot. And here we, we're focusing on just fixtures, just keeping、uh, the product or a part of the product in place when then the operator or or the machine is going to do something on onto it, right?、Uh, it, it's not just a Lego a Lego set, right? And it's not just for assembly, by the way.、Um, for example. An example that everybody can kind of、uh, picture is, uh, uh, you know, what a, a frame, a, a, a glass, you know, eyewear frame looks like, right?、Uh, and a lot of them are in plastic, and it's usually in acetate kind of plastic, right? And、mm-hmm. 
so you get the front part right with the two big uh, holes for the for the glasses themselves right and um and then on the side you have the the, the temples right and they're connected by a, a hinge okay now that hinge how is it connected to the two parts okay is it just with little screws and things like that? No, actually the temple, so that part of the, the, the frame that goes over your ear, usually, or in many cases, the, the, the hinge actually is sort of inserted like a knife into the, the center of the temple. Okay. And, mm. um, and, and that's how it's, it, it's really sturdy. It keeps it in place. You know, it doesn't really move. Okay. Uh, well, how is that? kind of knife if you want inserted in the middle of the temple always the same way always the right way <laughs> well, you, you absolutely have to have a fixture right you mm. gotta have the temple so that part of the eye the, the the frame kept in place put in a certain place you know kept in place kept exactly in the same direction the same position and then there's there's like an arm that choof, pushes the the knife into it always also always precisely the same way okay if you don't have a fixture here uh well good luck doing that okay like every time sort of like a craftsman oh i'm i'm going to like am i kind of centered here and i'm going to punch and i'm going to see if i missed or you know if the the, the pot moved a little bit if, if you do that you have very high uh, a very high rate of quality issues right plus you also need a very skilled craftsman to always try to to target and 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 punch it in the right place so it's 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 more expensive and it's also slower because you know they have to to adjust and target and and so on right and and rework and and so on and so forth so mm. I, I was trying to find a, a simple example that people can uh, can imagine based on everyday products uh, but there's a lot of other pro- examples like this right mm-hmm. it's, it's basically every time you have someone sort of maybe fumbling on their operation um, you know needing to to adjust and 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 um, with a lot of uh, a lot of defects or very slow you know usually okay that part of the assembly there's a problem. We need to do something, and in a lot of cases, it, it okay. Let's let, let's do a fixture, right? I think the example that you've given. I mean, not using that fixture. Then it sounds like you would be using a process that is exactly the opposite of mass production. A, a craftsman who does yeah. everything one at a time and it's slow. Uh, this is absolutely not what we're looking for. So yeah, that's that's one good example. And I hope that we get a few more as we go along as well. I just want to say that, uh, that that is a really good example because you can imagine the size of the components you're trying to assemble. And if you're hmm. trying to do that manually, you know, with, with a pair of tweezers or, or a small pair of uh, delicate pliers or something, it's super, super difficult. And, and as yeah. Renu said, you know, that the chance of getting errors is, is exponential. You know, it, it's just really, really difficult without that, that fixture in place. Yeah. So another example, and it's, it's always tough on a podcast, you know, people are kind of listening and trying to picture things in, in their mind, but, um, Imagine a dog collar or a, a cat collar, okay? Sometimes we do these kinds of assemblies. And there's, you know, there's there's a kind of um, 
sort of like a key ring if you want or or some kind of spring right so imagine you have to to open a key ring you know uh, i don't know uh, 500 times a day to insert something into it and place it the right way and so on manually you know it, you're going to be tired of it pretty fast right and you're you're, you're going to use your nails you're going to use you know you're, you're going to fumble it's going to be a bit difficult well just by having a simple assembly that keeps it in place and and with something else that makes it very easy to open once once it's kept in place you you i mean you do that that operation maybe 8 or 10 times fast, faster and it's so much more comfortable for the operator and when the operator is doing it in a comfortable way then you know it's repeatable it's not stressful it's much higher quality, much higher uh, pace of, you know, much, much higher number of products made uh, in, in a day, much faster. Um, in some cases, there's also safety issues or ergonomic issues that you want to avoid, right? So basically, you you, you improve the process, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's, what's the name of that very famous Japanese uh, industry en- engineer, uh, Shigeo Shingo, right? Mm. He said, Make it better, faster, cheaper, you know, but in that order, right? And mm. and really the idea is that you if you try to 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 reduce quality issues, basically to make your product better by looking at the process, you're gonna come up with a lot of these little things that really bring the product from craftsman, you know, skilled craftsman to repeatable industrial uh, operations. And to make it, you know, always consistently good. And if you do that, if you make it consistently good, then you are going to uh, not only have better quality, but also you're gonna you're gonna cut your cost a lot because the same person can do a lot more of these operations, okay, mm. uh, in in the day, right? Uh, so it's also gonna be faster. So it's also gonna be cheaper, right? So that's the best when you can improve the process in a way that. At the same time, makes everything faster, makes it cheaper, makes it better. I mean, what what's not to love, right? And that's why process engineers are tasked with thinking of, you know, what what kind of fixtures can be used to make that assembly, not just assembly, by the way, also you know, also packaging and so on. How to make that process easier? How to um, how to just assist the people in doing a better job, right? So that's uh, that's the whole idea here. You, you've kind of already covered the benefits. So just to sort of recap, we're talking about improved productivity, uh, improved mm-hmm. quality, reduced costs, and uh, consistent production as well. You know, for example, with complex oh, yes. parts with tight tolerances. And anybody that is trying to mass produce a product, and I you know, by mass production, we're not necessarily talking millions, but we're also talking much more than just a craftsman making, you know, a few pieces a week or something. Yeah. They're going to love these benefits, right, of, of assembly fixtures. Yes, yes. And um, mm. uh, maybe, Paul, do you want to to explain a little bit the concept of mistake proofing? Because sometimes some really good fixtures also mistake proof the, the operation, right? Well, this is, yeah, this is a true statement. And um, so a lot of people get confused with respect to uh, sort of having a great design. If I design the product 
brilliantly, correctly, and I've got a fantastic design. Nothing can go wrong. Well, that's not necessarily the case. And and uh, we, we have to be smart with respect to our designs uh, from, from a design aspect. We need to make sure we've got an error-proof design. In other words, you can't put the thing uh, or the two components together uh, back to front and, and cause an error. So, you know, there's, there's a term, Japanese uh, sort of got a, a term they've coined, which is pokeyoki, which is basically translates into error-proofing. And, and one easy thing to do this is uh, to design a product that uh, is, is different different size components. Say uh, sort of a three-pin plug, for example, that's uh, used in the UK, Adrian, where you are based. Mm. Um, there's no way that you can put that 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 three pin plug into the wall, you know, the electrical outlet socket incorrectly. You, you just can't yeah. do it, yeah. and that that's a, that's a very very obvious way of designing a product. However, when it comes to the opportunity to introduce fixtures to do the same, you could actually design a fixture that allows you to prevent components going together incorrectly. Uh, for example, you've you've got uh, take the three pin plug for example, but take something similar where you've got um, an offset pin orientation, and you've got a set mm. of holes in in the other component. You could blank off one of those holes with a fixture such that the the uh, sort of the mating part only goes into the correct pins. Um, mm. So that that's one sort of blanking off areas, stopping a a component being assembled in in one particular orientation through the the, the fixture and the way that's located in the assembly itself. That's a great way of, of using fixtures for ease of assembly and stopping this component issue where they're assembled incorrectly. Oh, and, yeah. and that can be done, you know, turn, you know mm-hmm. assembling something upside down. Yeah, it's a very, very simple mistake to do. But if you've got a fixture on there that, present, um, that, that prevents you from doing that somehow, then we need to look at that from a design aspect and get that made. I've done it with IKEA furniture many times, many a time. Easily done. Uh, Easily assembled done. it the wrong way up. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. with the with the IKEA or the flat pack products, wherever they're coming from, you, you're not going to get these fixtures. Yeah, but we mm. have the benefit on the assembly line to actually have a look at that and, and say, okay, this there's a potential error here that could happen because there is no design feature in the product that allows that to you know prevention of assembly. So we have to design something and put a fixture in place to prevent that mm. error occurring. Yeah, talking about uh, furniture, furniture assembly. I mean, fur- furniture, especially wood furniture, there's a lot of um, drilling, right? And then very, very common, when you drill, you've got to have a fixture, right? To mm-hmm. to keep the part in place, and then it gets, you know, the, the drill bit goes into it. So there's got to be a fixture. The fixture is already there. I mean, you can't really do it without a fixture or the part is just going to go spin around, right? But if you allow the operator to put the part, yeah, as you say, maybe upside down or whatever, you know, wrong orientation, uh, then, hey, if he does it 10,000 times, there's going to be mistakes, right? <laughs> Five times in a row, yeah, maybe it's going to be all good, but 10,000 pieces in a row, I'm not sure, right? So then you have mm. a pin or some something that makes actually makes it impossible to assemble the wrong way. And to get back to uh, what, what, what Paul was saying is that uh, 
you know, good design. Sometimes all of these potential mistakes are already taken into account at the stage of product design, right? But it only goes so far. It only goes so far, right? So yeah, maybe you you would have, uh, maybe like this, you know, when you have a computer, uh, one of these desktop computers and you have, uh, this cable is green and this port is green. And I know I plug them, you know, together and things like that. Try to make things really sort of obvious and that's in the product design. Um, but then, uh, you still need to think of the process design, uh, very often, right? A good, good product design will actually include also good manufacturing process design because you, you need both basically. As soon as you have a, not very simple product or a complex product, then you, you really need to, to, to work on the, on the process. And in some cases, they do such a, an amazing job on, uh, to, to design for assembly that the assembly really is like, is nearly like, like a, a Lego kit, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, there's this classic example of the, the IBM Pro printer. It was called in the eighties. That was in the eighties, the pro printer. And, um, there were much fewer parts than in most other uh, printers. And it was so simple to assemble everything from top to bottom, clock, 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 you know, and uh, everything assembled in 30 seconds with zero assembly, zero, I mean, sorry, zero kind of uh, fixture or, or, or any other tool. That's just amazing. But that's the extreme. That's when they push design for assembly to 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 an, uh, really to an extreme they really push the envelope right in most of the cases that's not the case that, that that just doesn't happen it's not that simple right and that's why when you get to a final approved frozen prototype of the product well process engineers industrial engineers um, uh, manufacturing engineers whatever you you, you call them are gonna have to work on that okay how are we going to make that in a repeatable way in an efficient way right and that's where they come up with fixtures among other things this really has to be developed you know thought about before mass production begins and typically when the engineers put together the, the final set of prototypes there should be a process engineer looking at it and doing it with them and already pointing to, um, to, to some potential issues and, and already thinking about all of that. Uh, so that, that, you know, it's not something that um, maybe you, you do all the prototyping on your side and then you send it to a supplier and they just take it and they run with it and they go into mass production, you know, and it's just something that they will have to figure out. Now, if you want good, consistent quality and, you know, sort of drama-free production, you need to start to think about it. And it's quite common for for um, some of our customers to say, well, here and here, we kind of know that there's going to have to be some kind of fixtures, you know, we leave it up to you to think about it, right? Mm. Okay, fine. But they they already have an idea and should have an idea about where assembly is not going to be so easy, so straightforward, right? And that's a way, that's a great way to cut costs because again, you make a batch of 5,000 pieces. Well, 
maybe with a few smart fixtures, you uh, you know you save maybe forty five seconds per piece or one minute per piece, and you also get the the the, the first pass yield way up. You know you 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 take the the quality rejects uh, way down, right? Uh, and that that's a lot of cost savings, <laughs> right? So that's really really important. So you're talking about the time. You're talking kind of about the timeline here of when to actually right. start looking at this, and um, also talking about sort of assessing where and when fixtures might be required. And I think this is important information for uh, importers mm-hmm. because, as you mentioned, you could just leave it to your manufacturer, but that would perhaps be a bit of a deficient uh, a deficient way of doing it that isn't going to get you the results that you want because it might be too late by then it depends so you if you do the product development you have to start thinking about it but maybe not designing you know designing the fixtures mm. and then it really depends on you know the, the skills and experience of um, of the manufacturer i would say Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, Paul, what 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 has been your experience on that? No, I, I totally agree. You know, I've been on both sides of the fence with respect to uh, sort of design aspects. You know, you've been working with a design team internally, and we really focus had to focus on on uh, getting production tack time. In other words, the, the amount of products out and the, and the quality yield up as high as possible. And in order to do that, you really have to think outside of just the design itself and work with, now this is the the important thing that I've I've experienced, work with the manufacturer uh, and not against them with respect to understanding what their their capability is, understanding what their, their knowledge and experience is on building and trying to identify uh, various different fixtures in each of the uh, the stages of the of the manufacturing process itself. Now, what I've found is it, it's absolutely imperative that once we get to that stage of of production, that at least a, a production design engineer or uh, um, program manager or whatever from the business goes to the manufacturing plant, sits down with the engineers, sits down with the um, production line crew or the manager and actually work through the steps one phase at a time and actually try and identify and work with them what these uh, fixtures are going to look like and how they're going to build them and implement them. Now, from a from a, a materials point of view, you know, you, you may be sitting there thinking, these fixtures, man, they sound super complicated. Well, they don't need to be. You know, in some cases, they just could be a right angle with a couple of pieces of wood. Yeah, just so you're on, on a location oh, yeah. aspect. Very, very yeah. simple. You know, it could be uh, sort of machined perspex. You know, where you where you're putting something there. Very, very simple. Doesn't have to be you know rocket science um, to make things so much better. The cost of some of these fixtures is next to nothing, but the result mm-hmm. and the yield is through the roof. You know, so there's exponential um, gain from a very, very simple fixture that can yes. be put in place. Yes. Mm. Absolutely, and then who? Let's say the fixtures are, you know, they really do require some engineering, and fabricating them, you know, maybe an outside model fabrication, you know, a tooling fabrication shop needs to be um, uh, paid for that job and so on. Typically, 
who, yeah, who would pay for it? Who would own the, the fixtures? What, what makes sense in most cases? Mm. Yeah, well, you know, it, certainly talking about my experience of what I've done in the past, you know, as a, as a, as an importer, you know, I'm going to sit on the importer side now, uh, as opposed to in mm-hmm. else. You know, I've always said that anything that we are designing and producing that is uh, involved with the production of the, uh, the the product itself and improving the quality should be our ownership. So therefore, we would pay for that. Yeah. We would work with the design, and that would be the importers or the designers' property. You know, and that, yeah, that would yeah, be exactly. part of their um, their experience. However, you know, so anything to go with the production line, um, if we, if we're, the production line is is on rollers and skates and everything like this, and it's a moving conveyor belt mm. and, and anything that that is part of that assembly is clearly part of the contract manufacturer, and and it's their responsibility and their cost. Um, yeah, but I think so from a fixture point of view, mm. you know, I would say that uh, it's really nine times out of ten, you know, the responsibility, ownership to to design, pay for it, and and own that fixture. Yeah, because the key point here is if you're going to switch from this manufacturer to another manufacturer, you want to make it very easy for you to transfer, you know, these fixtures. Very have true. the new guys, you know, uh, have to reinvent all these things. No, no, you want them to benefit from the experience of the first one and so on. And you own these fixtures and you have the list of these fixtures and they are maintained the proper way and they are, you know, maybe renewed every X thousands of pieces made and so on. This has to be managed. Uh, and then if you decide to to transfer, you you should have the right to pull all of that and, uh, and transfer it to the new the new. Uh, new manufacturer right yeah, yeah but if um if it's the property of the, the manufacturer then well end of story right and then you're gonna have to have a manufacturer figure out everything again from scratch maybe you don't even have a video of the assembly work you know um going on so they have no idea even what what that process looked like that's not what you want to do okay you want you yeah. want to have some control here. You want to have some visibility, some control, as we always say. Uh, yep. And this is really part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yet, yet another deliverable that you need to get into that uh, manufacturing agreement. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's all the tooling. It's part of all the tooling, yeah. basically. Yeah, I'm saying it's all part of the, uh, yeah, your asset list. Okay, so we've spoken about assembly fixtures you've given some great examples and at the top of the show we mentioned we were going to also talk about checking fixtures which are similar but not the same i I think you'd agree so uh, these are fixtures that are more likely to be used in qc work of course because we are checking so uh let's let's go into the checking fixtures then uh renault well the idea basically is that you still take the product or the part and you put it into a fixture and that fixture is going to help you determine if the product is okay and a lot of that usually is dimensional okay mm. um not 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 only not only it can be also function check and so on like a full testing station right uh, but a lot of these relatively simple examples are just going to tell you dimensionally is it okay or not right Rather than having to keep the 
the part in your hands and take a caliper, a micrometer, or whatever, right? Paul, do would you have a few um, sort of examples or different kinds of checking fixtures? Well, the the obvious one, uh, sort of building on what you were saying there, from a dimensional, the simplest check you can do on the on a production line, for example, is take the component, and it, it's got a tolerance on the length, for example, and you've got a simple go no go gauge on the assembly place where you're actually doing that. So basically, you pick up your component, you place it into the go no gauge, you know, which has got two, you know, it's got the the maximum minimum. Uh, dimension that is allowable and if it's outside of that it's going to be obviously either it won't fit in the gauge or it's going to fall through the gauge it can't be used mm-hmm. very very simple uh that's probably one of the simplest um inline inspection checking fixtures we can think of a go no gauge um mm-hmm. and another uh, well, i would say relatively simple um, because I, I've worked on this many, many times in the past. But can you imagine in the automotive industry, the wiring harness, how complex that is? Mm. Okay, so you've got plugs that go into left, right, and center, the front of the vehicle, the back of the vehicle, under the dash, everywhere. And if you've got one of those wires that is not actually connected correctly, or the the crimp on the the pin is is loose or is not secure as is put into the into the plug itself, if you put that wiring harness into a vehicle, and then that vehicle doesn't start because you've got an electrical fault, where are you going to start? You got to it's a fault finding nightmare. But mm-hmm. one of the simplest things to do is. You've got a fixture that lays out the loom. We call these the wiring wiring harnesses or loom. And you basically plug in each of the plugs, right? And that will give you a continuity. You know, make sure you've got A connects to A, B connects to B. And and you'll get the the signal. That can be a sounding signal, a light signal, whatever signal it is to say, yes, everything's working. Or more importantly, that this checking fixture allows you to identify the fault before you assemble a very complex wiring harness into a vehicle. Okay, so that's going so that's way. a yeah, that's what we would call like a yeah, testing station, right? Does it, basically does it function um and you plug things in, yeah, it's it's some kind of fixture, yeah. <laughs> For, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a big fixture, but that's probably going to the yeah. other extreme than the, the go-no-go gauge. Right, mm-hmm. yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but, um, but, you know, when, when and again, from, from a design aspect, you know, if you're designing a product, you need to understand the critical stages throughout your product assembly. Okay, I've, I've been working on some products recently, that are without giving too much away um that that basically hold water and they've got to hold water at a certain pressure okay and some of these can be checked at a sub-assembly point of view okay Mm -hmm. so what we're doing now is understanding the process of the assembly and where each of these critical components can be checked now obviously we don't want to be filling these components up with water and checking them under pressure on the assembly line so the easiest thing to do is fill them up with air you know and once you've got an airtight system you can check very very simply on a, on a pressure gauge with a needle whether that is holding air 
or whether we've got a leak somewhere. So we don't have to actually test live, in other words, with water, but it's a critical stage within the assembly itself. So that will be a very, very quick checking fixture where you plug in one end of the hose, plug in the other end, sh- turn the lever, you've got air, yes, it's holding pressure, mm-hmm. unplug, unplug, it's safe to assemble. We know we're good to go. Interesting. Right. Yeah, because you don't want – there's a lot of products that are supposed to contain – water uh but you don't want to test it with water because then how do you make sure it dries and all that kind of yeah. things right it's mm. very common yes 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 yeah, that's right yeah you, you need to fill up the water once it's watertight you need to empty it you're going to dry it before you assemble it it's, it's very complex so air is a very good um process of checking um whether a system is watertight or airtight in this case so that's good yeah. Um, and another example I can think of that I've used in the past is where we're, where we're placing completed assemblies of uh, printed circuit boards or, or PCBAs, printed circuit board assemblies. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you, you you'll pick them up nine times out of ten. You, you're you're wearing a protect, protective um, uh, gloves or, or a strap for BMC. Electromagnetic oh, um, compatibility. That's right. Yeah. So if you've got static built up on your on your body, you're going to potentially fry one of these ICs. So, but you know, how do you know that that PCB has not already been picked up by somebody who's not wearing the protective equipment? You know, and they have actually, you know, it's like put their static electricity onto the component and fry the IC mm-hmm. before you actually get a chance to put it into the assembly. So another very very quick and easy way is is to to put the uh, the PCB on a bed of nails, what we call a bed of nails. And basically all of this is, is a set of pins that are, are sprung loaded, and we call them pogo pins. You put them down, you then close the lid or, or push, you know, which is pushed down all of the key contact areas. Now, most PCBs have got test points on them. Um, mm. And it's easy to actually test whether that PCB is good or is bad before you assemble it. Yeah. ESD, yeah, electrostatic discharge. Yeah, that's, that's the one. Well done, Rene. We yeah, got yeah, there yeah. in the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, yes. but it, again, it's like, can you imagine the the cost of getting the product down the end of the line? And it's a relatively complex assembly, and you plug it in for final check, and nothing works. You know, mm. the cost that goes into that assembly and the product is is not good so i do the thing is with it you know all of these fixtures whether it's checking whether it's an assembly is to reduce the amount of rejects going down the line i yep. like it yep you catch the problems at the source or close to the source absolutely mm. yeah yeah okay. yeah and like i said earlier some of these fixtures could be as simple as anything you know if um Another very, very simple example is, is when I go and buy a light bulb over here where I live in Asia, you know, it's, I can't just go and buy a light bulb off the shelf, right? The guys in the shop have to test it, you know, I mean, they don't <laughs> screw it. They don't screw it. They just pop it in. Choom, yes, it lights up. So simple. It's so simple. Now you could actually engage that type of technology into a test fixture on your production line, you know, such that you've got a, a bulb that comes on to show you your circuit is correct or it's working. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't come on, you've got a problem. 
Mm. Good examples. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think I think that that summarizes those fixtures really, really well, and I think it also shows the real importance of them, especially in the context of even if you've got a good design, it does, it's not actually going to guarantee great assembly or quality during production either. So, and I think that's important for importers to remember, isn't it? So. Uh, when it comes to the investment as well, I think an interesting point was that in theory, in, this is not a cost which is going to be huge. I suppose engineering work is maybe going to be some of the more expensive costs for simple fixtures. Maybe very complex fixtures would be more costly. But when we're when we are weighing up the cost of doing this against the cost of not doing it, the world is a clear winner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In most cases, the, the payback is is like, you know, once you start mass production, the <laughs> the payback on it is a few hours. Um, yeah, the the ROI is just astronomical, for sure. And uh, yeah, a lot of them are very very simple. But you have to think, uh, basically, process engineers need to have seen that a number of times, and then they will see, okay, these guys are fumbling. This operation here is not so easy, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. What can I? What kind of little simple tooling could could help them? Uh, okay, this kind of fixture like this, they you know, they push it into that corner, then they do that, and and then for sure it's it's so much easier. Okay, done, you know, and then from there they can go into next step, making it a little bit more advanced, and, and so on and so forth. But in many cases, you 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 know, they have to be a bit creative, right? And um, and they can do a lot with very little. That that mm. that's the key idea here. I think you're right. I just want to build on that uh, sort of comment, Rene, which is really good. Um, and and if we can if we can look at um, both sides of, of the coin here from a design aspect, you know, it's your responsibility or our responsibility as designers to actually try and figure this out. But sometimes you just can't. And and this is where. Um, having a pilot run, for example, would really, really be useful because you know you can actually run the product down the line with a couple of hundred components, you know, a couple of hundred um, sort of assemblies being built, and actually identify new areas that you would not necessarily have, have thought of during that design process. Mm. And this is an evolutionary process, by the way. You know, you could actually work on this time and time again and try and improve. Each of the uh, of the assembly steps and processes um, over time, and you can do that through various different processes of studying time and motion, and you know going down and and, and just yeah. looking at each stage of the assembly and see where everything is absolutely singing beautifully, or you know like we said in the past, if someone's stumbling or or there's there's more faults at this particular stage. You need to understand why. And maybe it's something like a simple fixture can actually resolve all of these issues. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I fully agree. Mm. Great. Well, that's uh, that rounds it off really nicely. Thanks, Renaud. Thanks, Paul. Good, good examples and a good illustration about the importance of fixtures. I've really enjoyed it. I think it's a fascinating discipline as well, how these guys can go into, you know, a a factory, see the production line and just start thinking their brains whirring and they're thinking, how do we make this better? That's just fascinating. So 
yeah, I think uh, uh, interesting stuff for all the importers out there and everybody listening. So uh, it's a good cool. one and we'll be back next week as normal. So thanks to you guys and thanks to all the listeners. Thanks again for listening to this podcast brought to you by the Sophie's Group. We're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in Asia, including inspections, auditing, new product development support, contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfillment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at sofeast.com, that's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot com, to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share, because it will really help others discover us too.